Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is going on, guys? We are back. Hopefully, everybody that was on the Friday stream when we had a little bit of technical difficulties is here. We're going to have some fun. Don't tell the FBI. Don't tell any of the authorities. But we're going to talk best ball. The playoffs are in about, you know, a week. We're, we're one week left of the regular season. So we probably have a pretty darn good idea of, you know, what teams we have are good, what teams we have are bad. What teams that are advancing that are, you know, live, not alive, all the above or fresh off of. I mean, maybe the most exciting NFL week we've had yet this year. That was the most I I joke a lot on Twitter and wherever about kind of how the NFL product is pretty unwatchable. And I think a overwhelming majority of the time it is if we didn't have gambling, we didn't have best ball, we didn't have DFS, we didn't have season long. I mean, I don't know how much I would watch, and I think a lot of people uh, feel feel the same way. But yesterday was pretty awesome, I think. The games, there was a ton of really good games, obviously lots of scoring, which is which is is pretty nice. Um, and so it, it's got me kind of reinvigorated. The, the, the doldrums of the season kind of wear you down at times, and yesterday was 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 exciting. Um, I felt like so it's got me really excited now that you know we're basically obviously we have tonight's game which may not be uh, super fantasy relevant it's unfortunate because I have a lot of bills a lot of bills on my teams but I feel like um, like I said we pretty much know where we stand so Friday I was planning to go through a lot of this stuff but like I said had a little bit of technical difficulties and so got that all fixed up we're going to talk through a bunch of different things. We're going to talk through um, my, I have my kind of my current advance rates f- across um, underdog and DraftKings, which is where I, you know, 99% of my volume is on those two sites. Um, and I'll kind of talk about that kind of lead into this, the discussion with what, what I kind of have going on. Um, I do think I'm going to skip the couple of my teams, because you guys shared a ton of teams in Discord, which is super awesome. I love looking at um, you guys' teams, weird as that sounds. You know, people talk about that all the time. Like, no, there's nothing worse than, you know, the guy that talks about his fantasy team like anybody else cares. I kind of feel like best ball is unique in in, in that way, because like, A, 
the teams that you guys are sharing, like I'm competing against those, right? It also helps me see kind of how other people are building, what teams are out there, not only that I'm competing against, but like how people are structuring teams, right? What combinations of players are there? Some of them probably look similar to mine. Some of them don't. So I actually think it's a cool and helpful exercise actually to look through some of these teams and, you know, we can, <laughs> we're, we're getting, we're getting close and kind of you guys, you know, are some of the best, best ball players out there. So we can kind of shout, shout you guys up. So I'm just going to, after I walk through a couple of these things, I'm just going to pull up the discord and, and start kind of scrolling through. There's tons of teams, tons of teams in there. And so thank you guys for, for sharing those. So um, hopefully you can see that. My advance rates. So I broke it down on underdog across all the, the different contests. You can see how many teams I drafted and and what my what my advance. I'll actually start at the bottom. So I'm at about 20%. I drafted 630 teams across um, underdog and DraftKings. Um, this does not count. So I did put the resurrection, the in-season drafts on underdog on here. I did not put the, the um, teams on... Uh, from DraftKings from from in season, and I think I might have actually screwed up my math a little bit there on the DK three three hundred one dogs every time dogs every time. Um, to answer this question, yeah, uh, I didn't do that many. I don't actually know how many slow drafts I did. Um, I don't. Uh, I didn't like keep track, but it's I don't know eighty ninety percent fast drafts, and so I did start drafting really, really, really early, April, May, something like that. And so, you know, it's, it's spread out across a lot. And, and, and if you guys remember for sure, during like the puppy one, puppy two times, there were like, I would have, a, I would just be sitting here drafting all day. So there was probably like a few weeks where like <laughs> the majority of this action came, like you see puppy two, what I got, 79 teams in which is hilarious because that advance rate is the worst thing i've ever seen but like puppy one i got 115 teams in same thing like those are drafted in like a very short period of time and like almost all fast drafts so um across underdog like i said in best in best ball mania so i will give a little bit of context too on best ball mania i basically stopped drafting so i did almost all while making dinner walking the dog draft all day every day that is pretty much true. That is that is that is absolutely completely true, Jake. I, I was doing. It's so funny you say that too. I would be. I you probably remember this because I probably said it on the stream or something like that. But like, it's we'd get to dinner time, make a dinner, fire up a fire up a draft while I'm while I'm making dinner. Take the every time I take the like, you know, I walk the dogs every day. Take the dogs for a walk, fire up a draft. So like, <laughs> you know, those are time I'm doing that every day. So I'm getting at least those in every every single day. And then obviously, you know, I work from home, so I'm able to, to get drafts in then. And I just enjoy, I mean, I just enjoy drafting and I enjoy the fast draft experience um, the most. So, uh, you know, it, it, it does wear you down when you start to get towards the end. Um, like I maxed the DraftKings Millie and I got about as many as I could into what they had, like a $5, a $6, uh, $3 or whatever it was. I got about as many as I could in into those. Um, and, you know, with the DraftKings app being a little bit shitty, you know, much shittier than underdog user experience, it, it it did wear me down a little bit at the end, but I really wanted to max the DK Millie, which is also partially why I uh, I didn't go back to Best Ball Mania 2. So anyway, um, in the BBM, like I said, I got 108 teams and I drafted, I'm, tr I'm trying to think of even when my last, I wish we had this data. I'm trying to give even when my last BBM was because I completely stopped. Um, I drafted so much early and, and knowing basically that I was going to give up, you know, I was going to be punting off a bunch of teams, right? There's a couple of my, I luckily didn't draft a bunch of Michael Thomas, but there's Michael Thomas teams in here, right? There's Cam Akers teams in here. I actually had a, a good bit more Cam Akers than I, than I expected. Um, trying to think of who, you know, who else, right? Travis Etienne, JK Dobbins, you know, I wasn't drafting much JK Dobbins, but those guys are all in there, right? So you're, I was willing to sacrifice those teams to draft a ton early, right? Um, I remember I posted on Twitter, I don't know, 
July, August, something like that. Like one of my first BBM teams. And it had fifth round Cooper Cup on it. I think it might have even been my first team. So Rams stack with fifth round Cooper Cup and like 11th round Tyler Higby. Like not that Higby matters, but you know what I mean? Like back then, Daryl Henderson was 11th, 12th round, right? And so once we saw, you know, you guys lived it, saw how efficient the market got on underdog. It's like, it's pretty insane how efficient that market got. And I felt that drafting a bunch more teams, it's not like bad, but I felt I had, you know, I only have so many hours in the day and the best, you know, expected value for me was putting it into DraftKings because I think the lobbies were really, really soft. I actually talked with um, friend and boss, soon to be not boss, but Cal Spears. And we were talking towards the end of draft season. And and he was basically like, I don't know that we should draft DraftKings teams early because they were the, the lobbies were so soft at the end. And that's how I felt too. And underdog was the complete opposite. You know, the softest time for underdog was early, right? May, like May when I started drafting, obviously I have less information and I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to have players get hurt, but also have, you know, the chance of um, finding right. Daryl Henderson finding, I didn't find him, but Leonard Fournette super late, right. There's tons of, of, of got of options, forgot you know elijah moore went super late and he got really steamed up blah 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 right you guys know all the examples but DraftKings like <laughs> it like almost really didn't adjust all year you know obviously henderson gets bumped up with the injuries you know gus edwards got bumped up with the injuries james robinson got bumped up with the injuries but the overall market was still so soft and pe- people were just drafting you know really horrible teams that i wanted to again try to keep my bbm teams you know, with as much upside as possible. That's what I, that's what I felt. The other thing is they offered these other, right. I have, we have big dog and three puppies, three puppy tournaments that I was able to still draft on underdog, but it was all was kind of within a, a very short time period, a very contained environment. So that was basically my strategy. So we talked enough about my, my strategy. So you see, so BBM actually ended up being, you know, like my highest, my highest, my current highest advance rate. Um, I do definitely have some teams that are going to fall out of there. Hopefully they get replaced. Um, this week by by a couple of teams, you know, like I have CMC teams, I have teams with dead quarterbacks, teams, you know, I, I, that's just how it goes. But um, I think because I was able to take advantage of the early drafting and and maybe it's a little bit of luck or variance, um, but drafting the way that I do, kind of very fragile, um, you know, a lot of, of of hero running back, not even very much zero running back, but hero running back type stuff, right? So you you hit on JT. And then you load up on these backup running backs, right? Henderson, Madison, Pollard. I wish it was Fournette, but, you know, Michael Carter, all these different guys. And you, you, you end up getting A.J. Dillon, right? You end up just getting kind of superstar squads. And the wide receivers had not gotten bumped up quite to the point. You know, like I said, Cooper Cup was like a fifth round pick uh, or back then. You know, he got way steamed up, but you guys get the get the gist, right? So... Um, I only did seven big dog drafts. I'm only going to advance advance one. Pretty terrible, but is what it is. It is a fairly strong JT, Cooper Cup, Debo, um, like Hollywood Brown. Pretty pretty decent digs. I think it was a first round digs. So it's a pretty decent team. I don't I don't think it's live to win it probably, but it's a pretty good team. And then Puppy One was great. You know, 23% advance rate. I, I, my goal. And we'll get down to the total was to, I I was hoping to get like above 20%, basically, you know, like a stretch goal would be 25. Right. Um, But I think if you, I I feel confident that if you can hit 20%, you're, you're doing pretty well. Right. Random misses, whatever. What, what is that? I'm horrible at math. Um, Hold on. So 17, you know, 17%, if you can get above 20, I think, that's a realistic goal, just given the variance of an NFL season. And so I feel, I feel okay about where I, I stand right now. I certainly made plenty of, plenty of mistakes, but you can kind of see for me on underdog, the earlier drafts were where I basically made my money, right? Puppy one and best ball mania were the earliest tournaments. And that's where I was most successful. I think the market wasn't, super efficient and I was able to take 
kind of advantage of that. And then DraftKings is just, you know, close to 20, around 20%. I think, I think I've, I've gained the most. I haven't, I didn't update this for yesterday, so I apologize. Uh, hopefully not, not too, too much changed. I don't, I wasn't able to with uh, underdog was having some, some data issues. Um, I think I gained, I actually gained a few, quite a few on DraftKings. I think I might've lost a couple on underdog. So anyway, for me, I don't know about you guys. I'm interested to hear what you guys, um, how your experience was for me on underdog by far. And the data supports it, you know, BBM 24%. And I drafted all those, like, you know, I wasn't even drafting in August in the, in the BBM. They're probably all done by July. Um, so hitting 24% on there. And then in the puppy one hitting 23%. So same thing. One of the earliest tournaments, <laughs> clearly I sucked at adjusting to the market, right? Puppy two, 10%, horrible, horrible puppy three, just barely above, you know, what you would, what you would expect and big dog below what, what you would expect. And those were the, the later tournaments, whereas DraftKings was fairly solid. And I drafted the whole summer. I drafted all the way up until, you know, the last day, basically on, on DraftKings. And then I do think, um, I do want to go through the in-season contests on, on DraftKings, because I think those have been pretty good, pretty good too. And Resurrection is so far so good, right? Um, We'll see how that goes. But the the in-season best ball resurrection tournament on DraftKings, I only got nine in, but so far so good on there. So anyway, about 20% across 630, 630 drafts. And I feel fine about that. Certainly I wish it went better. I don't know if you, any of you guys have your, your rates on here. I'm certainly not anywhere near the top percentile of, of best ball players in terms of advance rate. That's also like part of my strategy. And so I think employing kind of a, a strategy that is probably going to hurt my advance rates a little bit and still being able to hit 20%. I think I'm, I'm fairly happy in that despite some very big mistakes that I made hundred percent. Like, you know, I wasn't drafting Leonard Fournette. I drafted a lot of, you know, a good clip of Trey Lance and the the rookie and the young quarterbacks, and they're all massive failures. So to make a bunch of mistakes and hit to 20%, I feel, I feel pretty decent, pretty decent. In. Um, let's see here. I've done better on DK versus underdog, but the track. Yeah, I know that. And so hope I hope to, we'll get it. We don't need to go into too much like the spike week plans and stuff. I've talked about it a little bit. Um, I hope to get some much better. Uh, you know, we're going to be working on some tools and stuff. So definitely to track your exposures, you know, to track a little bit better performance metrics throughout the season, maybe sweat your teams a little bit better, get some in-season projections, a bunch of different stuff. I want to be able, we're going to work on building out this off season so that next year that this experience that we're talking through right here, uh, you won't have this, this feedback that like, you know, I'm doing better on DraftKings, but I don't even really know, you know, I don't even really know how things are going. Hopefully we can solve that, that problem. I'm the opposite of you crushing puppy too, but the early BB. And so some of this, could be a little bit of variance, not on the the crushing the the puppy two thing. Um, I think I just was probably pretty bad in, in puppy two. I also based a lot of my uh, strategy around smashing as much Daryl Henderson as I could. And kind of like uh, I'm a lot more like anchor Henderson, anchor Swift, those kinds of those kinds of teams. And I probably um, was a little too stubborn on that structure in that. And I don't think that has ended up being the best structure. Um you know, obviously the best structure is something with like Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, maybe Joe Mixon. I actually think Antonio Gibson as an anchor has been um, decent. And I think he's really kind of starting to flourish. I'm excited about Gibson. But, uh, you know, if you if you employed the same strategy as me and Puppy 2, you can see why my teams are why my teams are bad. Um, let's see. 24 in Puppy 1. BBM 20. So you're, you're a little bit similar to, you know, you're a little bit flatter, but you're also a little bit more similar to me in that BBM and puppy one on underdog for you were a little bit higher. And then DraftKings is higher too. Don't imagine your strategies change substantially. Um, the one thing I will say is that my strategy, like I kind of just talked about for, for puppy two, my strategy definitely, um, changed a little bit in puppy two. And I think that was like, that's probably the one thing that's like killing my, <laughs> my advance rates the most is we saw that was the time. If you remember puppy two was like, 
when the insane wide receiver like flipping happened on underdog. And my counter, my counter to that was um, more so zero RB, but I, I'm still like very, a very anchor or hero RB focused type of drafter generally. And I would push the limits of that anchor to Henderson. I really liked Henderson, Swift, those kinds of guys. I would even like anchor Javante Williams. You know, he, some people might consider him more zero running back, but I was very fragile leaning to early wide receivers to kind of counteract um, what had happened. And whereas I wasn't really like, like if you like a lot of my BBM teams, like I don't really have that many zero RB BBM teams and probably not even really that many in puppy one some, but like I kind of get the the label of a zero running back guy, but I, I like, I, I really wasn't um, that big of a zero running back guy. Um, and so I kind of flipped to that a lot more in, in puppy two and puppy three because of what happened in the underdog market. And I think that's okay. Um, but I still kind of believe in, in my general tenets of, of, of drafting, um, at the running back position. And I think I, you know, I could have mixed it up a a, a little bit more and I was a little bit probably too stubborn in those. So my ownership, my ownership on who are now the league winning backs is what, like, I have plenty of JT. I have plenty of Mixon. I don't have a ton of Eckler. Um, you know, Gibson has actually been fairly good, good for me and helping out a lot of teams. Like I have a lot of those guys, you know, and I have my fair share of the other early, you know, first round running backs who are like, oh, all awful. But um, I, I have plenty of those early running backs in like best ball mania and puppy one, mostly as anchors, sometimes as two, two early running backs. Whereas like in puppy two, I really didn't do that. Um, at least not very much. So um that then turned into I have more, um, you know, these zero running back type guys, which is which in general has like kind of been OK. But, you know, as, as we've seen play out, you know, the the JTs of the world are just bearing you. And I, I don't think I actually have a lot of Cooper Cup in best ball mania, too, um, and a decent amount in, in puppy one. So he was just a little bit less expensive. And then, you know, he got to be what a late third round pick or something like that. And I just think by the natural flow of things, I didn't get very much Cooper Cup either. So it was like, okay, now I'm not getting JT and I'm not getting Cooper Cup on those teams. Like <laughs> that's coffins. Like it's pretty much over when you don't when you don't get uh, those. Yeah, Puppy Two was definitely was definitely crazy. This is this is really funny. I have some of my best teams. I was looking. Uh, it's two. I'm 630. Even when I you know work in fantasy sports professionally, I don't have the. Uh, the, the time or patience to go through individually all these teams. But um, some of my best teams are from super early and I was like punting tight end. And so I have like, m- like, you know, these loaded teams, like Ram stacks with Debo, with JT, with, you know, Eckler, Mixon, whatever. And then like loaded at wide receiver, they got Debo, you got Hollywood, you got Elijah Moore. And then tight end is like Adam Troutman, Mo Alley Cox, Chris Herndon, right? I took Blake Jarwin over Dalton Schultz, which is an epic disaster. Tight end is a uh, is killing me. Is absolutely killing me. What do we got, Jack? DK advanced at 166, 26%. Beautiful. Underdog, 17%. So, you know what? You're you're above 20% for sure, right? Yeah, definitely above above 20%. PPR ended up much better for my draft style as well as the weaker draft rooms. Same for me. That's another thing. We'll talk about it a lot in the off season. Um, I'm definitely in that. Like, so like my all, like the, the main leagues and stuff that I care about are, are PPR um, season long. Like some of my home leagues are actually half point PPR. Um, but like over the course of my life, you know, the main leagues that I've cared about main events and stuff like that are PPR. I play almost exclusively DFS on DraftKings PPR. And so obviously the same scoring as DraftKings. So like, I just, I think my brain just naturally works more in, more in PPR. And I have a struggle with the exact best way to apply half point PPR in, into these. Not that it, you know, not that it is a massive difference, but I do just think my brain naturally works. Even if I'm like subconsciously making decisions um, in, in a manner that is, is better for, for PPR. And definitely the DK draft rooms are just so, so, so much worse. My best teams are Puppy 3, 
in the last couple of weeks of summer on DraftKings. Yeah, those rooms. Uh, Puppy three is is interesting. I do think um, underdog got softer. Not soft, but in general, the uh, draft rooms on underdog in Puppy three compared to like Puppy two, basically, were a little bit softer. You know, we just got a few more casuals and stuff coming in. They certainly were still not soft, but they were softer. And uh, so that's, you know, a, li- a little bit helpful. But then DraftKings at the end was just the softest rooms that, that existed. Yeah, I was on JT. It was really funny. I was on JT early. And then um, not that I, I never really like got off of JT. It's just I didn't like make him a crazy priority. Like I have above, I have, I have more JT than, you know, like the field basically. But I'm not like crazy overexposed to, to JT. Obviously wish I would have bought a little bit more. Um, shows the importance of structure, especially on DraftKings. You can afford to get a, yeah. Exactly. I mean that this is it. This is the this is the answer, right? This is everything. Like I I, I probably take more a little bit more stands than the average than the average person, and I I'm I'm fine doing that. I'm probably open to a little more risk. Um and getting my money in on the spots that I think have the best payoffs. Um, and so I'm a little bit, you know, I open myself up to a little bit more risk, right? Trey Lance was a risk, was a huge risk, especially at, at, at cost, but I, I was okay doing that. But as, but then like, as long as you're structuring your teams, well, you can have mistakes and still get, and still get, you know, more teams through than expectation. So Um, no, I haven't. I honestly, uh, I haven't looked much there. I'm pretty sure my drafters teams are terrible and I didn't do very many teams. There's a, we'll talk about that too in the off season because my, uh, I don't think my drafter strategy is very good and that format is just so unique, um, that I think it'll be interesting to, to discuss. Let's see. 18%. Hold on one second. Can never do one of these without like someone showing up at my house or noises or something like that. It's unbelievable. All day long, nothing. Nothing happens. No noises. No delivery is being dropped off. And then the moment that I hop on here, something happens it's insane yeah the, uh, this is another fun uh Herzig, i'm glad you brought this up 300 auto drafts right i know I, I i saw your strategy i thought it was super 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 fascinating and like i think there is well there's a bunch of there's a bunch of variables to this that are super super interesting i think there's a massive advantage into um doing the drafts, right. Being able to kind of like read the room, if you will, um, you know, adjust in being able to be a good drafter, which is like someone like hers that gives, I'm sure most of you guys are too. Like there's an advantage when you're in the draft room to like being able to read the room, right. Set up stacks, blah, blah, blah. But there's also a massive advantage to just having kind of the best rankings, setting the best, you know, roster limits at each position and just letting, letting the natural like ebbs and flows of those drafts play out to where you're going to get guys that you weren't going to get before. And you're all, you're going to get them at good costs every time, right? Maybe you're not high on David Montgomery, but the teams that you get David Montgomery on, they're always like the cheapest David Montgomery teams that exist out there. So I think it's a really kind of fascinating conversation around the auto drafting around the auto drafting thing. That is a insanely wild swing, twelve uh, percent to twenty nine percent. Twenty two on DraftKings. See, you guys are all better than me at this. Ah, this is true. This is a good one. That's funny you say that. CD is my highest owned wide receiver across all of best ball, which is pretty crazy for a third round pick. But I was basically hammering CD on both sites. This is across both sites. Uh, I was hammering CD you know, in the, he was like a late third round pick or whatever to start. Um, he was basically my 
you know, favorite wide receiver pick. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a interesting ride with old Dallas, Dallas this year. Now, this is a, this is actually a, a, a interest, you know, if you auto drafted and you kept Leonard Fournette, you know, as long as you didn't have Leonard Fournette, like super, super, super low auto drafting on underdog, especially probably you have the most Leonard Fournette of every, of anybody. If you just auto drafted and kept him close enough to ADP, right. You could have him lower, but he always fell past ADP. Cause the whole world was out on him. Yeah. This was actually when I started to buy more, which this is no shade. I was a little, I drafted some JT super early. So <clears throat> if you started early on underdog, JT was like the seventh overall pick by ADP super early, like back in May. And at that cost, I was like, okay, I like this guy. Uh, but you know, this is a steep, this is a very steep cost. Like he has to do what we're, you know, the breakout and take more of the role and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then he fell because of all that, all that cult stuff. Um, and I, that's when I was able to luckily buy, buy back basically on some more JT. Um, interesting. The number of injury that this is a fascinating thing. I wish I, maybe I'll try, I'll try to kind of go back through and like put a create like almost like a little timeline of all these different things and see if we can match it up to the ADP swings. But this is, huge you know i mean not even just injuries but like and all these things right the market is so irrational <laughs> like it's it's wow it, it on underdog it becomes efficient after a while but it's so irrational like the jamar chase thing is the one that always jumps out right now he hasn't been crushing for a little while but i i think we would all agree that the the dip in adp because he couldn't catch the ball in preseason was hilarious right like it's it, it, it's silly and the 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 wentz and quentin nelson thing like uh, you know, the, the Wentz and Quentin Nelson getting hurt obviously sucks, but the, the absolute worst case scenario based on the reported timelines of their injury was like, they miss one or two games. And it's like, who really cares? JT can still score a touchdown. Even if those guys are out, sure. Maybe it hurts him a little bit for, for a couple of weeks, but like the, the positive end of their potential timeline was they're going to be back before the season started. And that's what happened. It was just like, it happened to be news. And so people like just freak out over every, every little tiny bit of news. Um, this, Oh God, let's not, I don't want to talk about Robbie. I don't want to talk about the Panthers. I don't want to talk about Robbie. The Panthers are one of my biggest whiffs. Good Lord. Robbie has been horrific and darn that first month of Darnold. I will always remember that for the rest of my life, but Holy shit. Did he fall off the map? DJ Moore was awesome to start, right? CMC came out of the gates looking like same old, same old C CMC, you know, condensed targets, late round quarterback is crushing. Felt like the Panthers were going to be this, a big edge. And wow, could that not be further from the truth? Good Lord. I mean, Terrace Marshall's not even active on game days anymore. These rookies are supposed to be getting better over the course of the season. Terrace Marshall's inactive for Brandon Zilstra, like, what are we doing? And now, and now they fire Joe Brady. Like the, one of the reasons why the offense had potential is brilliant young offensive coordinator and Matt rule is going to try to run to Hubbard 20 times for two yards of carry. Just an absolute, absolute disaster. Yeah. Michael Carter was a smash, you know, was turning out to be like one of the best picks in all of, of, uh, in all of best ball. So unfortunate. Let me, all right, let me, let me pull up some Discord. See what we can do here. Um, let me fix that. All right. Let's move, kind of move a couple screens around here for me. All right. Hopefully we can see some of these teams. Got people joining the Discord. I'm going to scroll back a bunch of ways. I apologize if I did not get to your team. Thank you for sharing all of these teams. It's amazing. I mean, I, there's no way I'll be able to get to all of these uh, here. Tons. 
tons of awesome teams shared here. Here's three of my favorite teams from D. Weiss. What is your first name? I know I see you in the in the Discord all the time. Do a little zooming. Okay. One of your favorite teams, Herbert Eckler, JT. That'll do it. That's strong. Got Andrews and Komet to live. Having two high-quality live tight ends is like, man, such an awesome edge. And then obviously, I mean, good Lord. Eckler, JT, Herbert's been great. Um, Lockett might be coming back, you know, improving a little bit here. That'd be nice. Thielen, that's Thielen and Corey Davis. Oh man, this team, this team got buried. This this team was looking beautiful. Then you lose Thielen and Corey Davis. That one, that one really hurts. It's so hard to make it through these freaking seasons. You know, you you get one week away from the playoffs and you have a an awesome team, and it uh, and it. Uh, gets buried by two brutal, brutal injuries. You know, I don't know if Thielen will be back at any time that's relevant for us. And obviously Corey Davis is Corey Davis is done. Here's another one. You got Brady. Definitely good. Man, the Fitz, Fitzpatrick stuff really sucks. I think he was going to be a pretty darn good, but at least like useful, right? Ooh, zero running back. Connor, Jamal, Madison, McKissick, Gainwell, Miles Sanders got hurt again. Maybe Gainwell will be useful. Oh, A.J. Brown, brutal. But the rest of these receivers, man, Port Visca. This is a really good team, too. This is a fun team. Mooney, Mooney's looking good. All right, let's skip. Sorry, sorry, Daniel. We got two of your teams in. Let's look at Alex. Josh Allen. I'm interested about, um, I'm interested, interested to see the data on, so like we fo we focus so much on advance rates of individual players, right? So like we know inherently that Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette, what Debo, um, those are the guys that always jump out to me the most. That like those guys are gonna have the highest advance rates. Basically, you know they're the league the, the league winners. Love to joke about league winners, but those are the league winners. I want to see combinations of players that are that are getting through right like you know naturally like jt and eckler teams might be paired up a lot right because of how their adps their adps align in turn like cooper cups adp aligned with, with with those guys and so like it turned out that like if you didn't pick at the end of the first round you know you're or at least the middle to where maybe you took one of the wide receivers like you are just fucked <laughs> What are you what are you supposed to do? Not take Christian McCaffrey? I mean, come on. Everybody's taking Christian McCaffrey. You know, Derrick Henry. Look, Derrick Henry was going to be the league winner. I mean, he died. So those teams died. You know? And so you and then you, you took Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, and then you went to the two three turn and you took AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. And, and you hopefully you took Justin Jefferson. He's like the only guy doing anything there. The tight ends, Waller and Kittle were dog shit and you know waller had one good game and kittle has had one good game <laughs> it's like it, it it's very interesting i don't i don't honestly don't remember last year how it uh how it looked i don't recall that it was like this where like you basically had to pick in a certain spot of the draft not even just like certain players right which then creates this interesting combos of players dynamic and anyway where i was actually going with this with the josh allen thing is i wonder how many, like the different stacks, right? Like seeing the quarterbacks, excuse me, seeing the quarterbacks is somewhat relevant, but like how many Bills stacks are getting through, right? How many, Jared Goff on here, how many Lions stacks are, are getting through, right? How many Bucks stacks? I imagine the Bucks ones will be very popular. How many Lamar stacks are getting through? And then like how many, right? How So this this team, which is fun, you know, has Josh Allen, Cole, Cole Beasley. Yeah. So Josh Allen, Cole Beasley stack, right? Does ever do how many Josh Allen teams have Cole Beasley, Manny Sanders, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, and not, uh, and then has Singletary, which I don't know that Singletary is ever going to be useful, but if, if Zach Moss is at least out of the equation, maybe Singletary can give us some usable weeks. 
but I'm interested to see that. So this is fun. Josh Allen with not without digs. Kamara. Kamara's a fascinating one. Um, you know, if he if he comes back here <clears throat> and can be good, you know, we'll see what Taysom does to him. But if the offense can get a little bit better and Kamara pops back up and is a useful player, you know, he's not gonna be a, a high advance rate player either. So he's interesting. You know, you have a week, maybe, maybe JT actually has a bad week once. <laughs> and Kamara has a three touchdown game. You know, what does that do? What does that do to the playoffs? Super strong running backs. Kamara, Gibson, Dylan, Singletary, Godwin, Smash, Devo, Smash, Pittman, Smash, Elijah. And pretty much healthy, right? That's going to be a big thing with a lot of these teams, I imagine, right? It's just like that, that you guys posted here. It's like how healthy, how healthy are the are, are, is your team? Here's a DraftKings team. Taysom, love it. I think uh, Herzig posted, I, 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 to spur some ideas for this, I posted on Twitter, um, like if there's one guy you could have on teams that are advancing to the playoffs, you know, who who would it be? And like some people reply like, oh, Cup and JT. It's like, yeah, I mean, I guess I get that, but like who's going to win you the tournament, right? Cup and JT are not going to win you the tournament because so many, if they're, if they need to be on the winner, <clears throat> right? If JT and Cup just keep smashing every, every single week, like everybody that advances to the final is going to have those guys. So who's going to be your difference maker, right? And uh, I think Herzig brought up Taysom. I thought that was a fascinating one, you know, because you want to talk about low advance. Taysom wasn't even getting picked in every draft. And then if he comes back and he's a last round quarterback that is smashing, that would, uh, that would be pretty darn interesting. Let's see here. JT, Pollard, Tyreek, Terry, Debo, Andrews, Swift, Lamar. Look at this. Full health except Tariq Cohen. Full health except Tariq Cohen and like tons of, I mean, Madison. Madison, Swift, JT, Pollard. That's fun. With the Ravens stack and who's the other corporate? Taysom. Is Taysom stacked? No, I mean, not, not that you need Taysom stacked. And Goff. That's a fun team. All right, what do we got here? This is really funny. <laughs> you posted, posted two teams and they're both Jared, both Jared Goff teams. That's hilarious. All the useless debates you have over the course of a, an offseason. I remember having far too many discussions about Jared Goff. People were trying to tell me Jared Goff was a smash late round pick. <clears throat> he had a good week this week. So what can you what can you do? Josh Allen again. So Allen Diggs. Allen Diggs stack. Gotta love that. Oh, Irv. Irv's another one. That's brutal. That is brutal. Ooh, the, the Jets. The Jets are such an interesting one. Like, <laughs> they don't do anything. You know, Zach Wilson looks pretty bad, but then he doesn't do anything against the Texans. And then this week against the Eagles, he had a good game. And obviously, Elijah had a good game. If Michael Carter comes back, it's like, I don't know what to think about the Jets. Because I have quite a bit of Jets. Elijah, obviously, a little bit of Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, Zach Wilson, Jamison Crowder. Right, I have all those guys. Uh, but, like, I mean, they're – how do you predict – how do you project them moving forward? Good luck guessing if they're ever going to be have a good game. You know, I don't know what the answer is. JT, lots of JT, lots of JT on these teams. It's definitely starting to uh, become evident just how popular JT is going to be. And what when there's no like nobody else doing anything, particularly at running back early on. You know, Eckler has been good, but not to JT's level, right? Mixon has been good, but no, not to JT's level. So those guys are good, but like JT is just such a crazy advantage, man. Crazy advantage. Ooh, Kyle Pitts teams. Love me some Kyle Pitts teams. Would love it if you would catch a touchdown. That would be swell. Getting everything you wanted usage-wise out of Kyle Pitts, no touchdowns. It's painful. Digs, cup. Debo, Mike Williams, Elijah Moore, 
rugs. That's unfortunate. Kirk, oh, I remember the Travis Fulgham days. I remember the Travis Fulgham days. What's the other stack? Oh, yeah, Zach Wilson. Wilson, Elijah, Carter. Another very fun team. Very fun team. Ooh, here we go. Here we go. Now we're talking. My best zero running back team. Pollard has been so good for, I mean, <clears throat> probably fine overall, but man, for for DK, zero running back teams, Pollard has just been so good because he's just putting up enough points, even in weeks that he like doesn't score, you know, catches a, a few balls or whatever to like limp you by. He's just been awesome. And if, if they ever stop using Zeke, man, Pollard, Pollard could really smash. Got the nice, nice Cowboys, uh, Cardinals championship game stack. AJ Dillon digs nuke being back, making a new, making a, getting a Kyler uh, Hopkins team through is pretty interesting. You know, Hopkins is obviously not going to pay off his price tag, but like if you get through and you can catch a, catch a couple touchdowns in the playoffs, if somebody can push Arizona Hawk cup, good Lord. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Diggs. Hopkins, CD, Cup, then you took Hawkinson, no, Kyler, Hawkinson, Debo, good lord. Ah, oh, James White. Man, if this team had James White, look out. I mean, it's already, this team is already loaded. Already loaded. But man, getting, getting through there with Fields. And Kyler, I don't know if their injured uh, games matched up at all. That team is that team is loaded. And I, what I really like about, I'm happy that some people posted zero RB teams, not because you know I I, I prefer zero RB or anything like that, but I I think it's an interesting idea about zero running back in the playoff weeks. <clears throat> Because again, I don't know that JT might be too big to fail, too good to fail. But like, how can you beat when JT is on every team? You know, this is this is an exaggeration for effect. But if JT is on every, you know, you make it to the second round of the playoffs, eighteen teams, right? And JT's on sixteen of them or whatever. You know, again, exaggeration for effect. I don't know what the number will be. But if JT's on like all of those, how do you beat – what's the best way to beat them? It's probably not with another running back. Like Joe Mixon versus J, JT is, is not even a coin flip, right? JT is an 80-20 favorite. And so you really just hope – you would just be like praying for variance at that point. But if you can just be that much better, right? So you have Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson or something like that. Compared, compared to those guys. And then you have Pollard, Madison, Dylan, you know, those guys. Um, I think that's, it's an, it's an interesting thing to think about. We talked about on Friday, like, you know, you uniqueness or whatever. And I think thinking through uniqueness as it pertains to structure is maybe an, a, a, a better and more interesting exercise than like, should I reach you know, around on this guy. I don't think that that's all that, that helpful, but I think that's, that's like a, a perk of, of zero running back. Like uh, we did a stream um, on the underdog channel. I think it was, I think it was one that um, myself and Ryan Hodge did with Josh and Hayden. And they pulled up like at that time, I think it was through eight weeks or whatever, the advance rates of teams and like the structures of advance rates. So they called zero running back, not taking a running back in the first six rounds, which I think is a totally fair definition and the the quantity of those teams so that the quantity of teams that went running back running back or like running back running back running back or even anchor running back was like 95 percent and so you're again i'm pulling numbers out of my ass but like you know like five percent of the teams were were zero running back like that were drafted in total and so then you think about okay so no one is doing this strategy I, I'm not even talking about whether it's a good strategy or not, but no one is doing this and it at least has paths to upside, right? We're seeing people post zero running back teams here that are just monster squads. And so you get through and everybody else has JT and Eckler and Mixon. 
how do you beat them? Well, you probably beat them by getting lucky with Madison Pollard, AJ Dillon, you know, and then Devonte, Tyreek, Kelsey, whatever. Those teams, you know, you would rather have JT right now, but like, who's to say that Travis Kelsey can't catch two touchdowns in the playoffs or Stefan Diggs or Devonte Adams, right? Of course they can. And if you can just match JT, you know, you just get a 17 point JT game instead of a 30 point JT game and you're running, you know, and maybe Madison smashes and Dylan smashes, like that's how you can win. And that's your uniqueness, right? Um, did I pull this one up? No, I didn't pull this one up. A Casper, Gil Lamar, man, Baker. How bad has Baker been? So freaking bad. Goodness. Oh man, this is a fun team. Lamar, obviously JT. I like the <clears throat> anchor. Got anchor JT, you know, eighth round Damien Harris. Hair, Damien Harris is looking like a strong, particularly on underdog pick, right? He's probably not going to, you know, put up 30, 30 point games, but if you have JT and then Damien Harris can get you there with your second running back spot, obviously this team also has Madison to get you there. Um, if Dalvin is indeed out, man, if we could get Calvin Ridley back, I have a few teams that it would be really cool if Calvin Ridley would come back. Hope he's okay, obviously, but um, Julio looks like he just got de um, not designated to return, but you know he's not coming back right now, but sometime in the next few weeks, that would be interesting. Pittman, Gallup, Hollywood, Tony. If, if Tony can get back, he's an interesting uh, you know, last round difference maker too in, in these playoffs. We've seen the upside. <clears throat> Kenny Galladay certainly can't stay healthy. Gasecki, Gasecki is, has been an awesome tight end pick and one that I was not super, super heavy on. Let me do a couple more of these and then I'll hit some of these comments. I'm going to skip Hacker. I'm going to skip the resurrection team. Oh, here's a zero, zero RB underdog team. Connor. Yeah. What a, what a smash Connor is, right? Uh, obviously good players fit all structures, but James Connor in on zero running back teams, is just like whew, monster, absolute monster. Cause even when Edmonds was out there, he was scoring a touchdown every week. And then, you know, I mean, he's an RB one without Connor, right? He's or without Edmonds. He's just a smash. Then you get the Allen Diggs, you get CD, you get cup. Unfortunately, Kenyon Drake just went down and you lost James white. So it's a little, it's a little unfortunate, but hopefully, hopefully, maybe Chuba can do some can do some stuff here without CMC. Kittle, nice getting through it. Getting through a Kittle zero running back team with Waddle on there, Mike Williams, Cup, Diggs. That's fun. That'll be a fun one to kind of sweat. Let's see. Pretty unique. Three three eleven three. Oh baby. Love, I love the super unique structures. All right. Lawrence, I'm going to find the other. Lawrence, Lance, God damn it. 49ers, freaking Shanahan. What a mess. Lawrence, Lance, what did I say? Carr, okay. Gibson, the three running backs are Gibson. Oh, lost Miles Sanders. That hurts. Excuse me, Miles and... Who's the other running back? What'd I miss? Oh, Eckler. So you got Gibson Eckler. We'll see what, I don't know what, what, how bad Miles, Miles is hurt, but Jefferson, Cup, Hunter Henry has been a smash, Debo, Waddle, Mike Williams. Fun. That's fun. Love the 3 3 11 3. That's sweet. Best ball mania. Saquon. That's a, a couple of people mentioned uh, Saquon being an interesting, you know, like a uh, guy that you can sneak through. I agree. I'm not. I mean, I like to think he's still Saquon Barkley and anything can happen. He, he can have some spikes, but man, the Giants have been really brutal. But Herbert Brady, obviously Darnold's out. Brady, Grant, Godwin, Evans. Oh, man, super stacking. This is fun. Super stacking the Bucks, which is clearly, clearly working. <laughs> and Gronk is a smash. 
you know, if you were able to, obviously Gronk was out for so long, it's difficult to advance those Gronk teams. But man, if you were able to get by and advance Gronk teams, I think he's a pretty big edge. Another guy I don't have a lot of RIP. Um, but Buck stacks are nice. Chargers stacks obviously are nice. Like even Jalen Guyton caught a bomb touchdown this week. I don't think this team needed it with Godwin, Mike Williams, Evans, but you drafted this team with me. Let's see. <clears throat> Alex says, I drafted this team. It'd be really tight if you can hang on or not. Is this my team? Yeah, this is my team. It'd be tight if I can hang on. Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence. So, if this was posted before this week, that didn't go very well. Obviously, Rogers on by and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, what did he? What did he? How many fantasy points? Yeah, five, four. Did I don't even know if he had that many. Obviously, didn't have Dalvin. Did, <laughs> this team is holy cow. Lost Dalvin. Rogers on by. Obviously, Darrington out. Justin Jackson's useless. Geo's useless. Devontae was out. Pitt sucks, but Cup, Debo, Chark hurt. This team's terrible. Thank you for, thank you for tilting me. Um, that well, what is this? Brady, Dalvin, Harris, Sterling, Shepard, Cup, Metcalf, Rondale. This is hard. To, I'm sorry. This is no shade. It's hard to view. Maybe it's just my eyes. Oh, here we go. Uh-oh, uniqueness, baby. Taking Eckler at three. CEH is another interesting one. Um, you know, been horrible, obviously been horrible, but uh, has potential in the playoffs now that he's there and playing a fairly significant role. No, I, I'm not. He's, he's not going to match those elite backs, but he's playing running back for the Chiefs. You can stumble into, you can stumble into big games just like Daryl Williams has. Let's see here. CD, T, Debo, ah, Corey Davis, Kenny Galladay, Mike Williams, Elijah, Cole Beasley, uh, Auden Tate, Dust. But Gesicki, very nice. All right, let's see. A-Rob, Dick, oh, A-Rob, advancing an A-Rob team, that would be crazy. JT, Swift, Hunt, nice. Singletary, nice. Basically Burrow at quarterback. Oh, Dawson Knox, love it. Yeah, these teams. This, this doesn't make me feel very hopeful. You guys have a lot of have a lot of good teams. Kamara Gibson team and DK Metcalf. Well, when you have Brady, Wentz has been pretty good. You know, relatively speaking, Brady Gronk Godwin. Oh, lost Thielen. Man, that sucks. And obviously lost AB. Oh, this team was whoo baby. Kamara Gibson Connor with a Brady with a Brady stack and Metcalf and Thielen. You know, it's certainly not dead, but man, that sucks to lose Thielen on that team. Not my best, but my favorite. Okay. I gotta wrap up here in a second with the teams. We can do some more later in the week or something. <clears throat> Another Brady. Brady Evans Godwin. Uh, Gronk. Gronk clearly fell very far in this one. CPAT. Oh my, oh my, who's who is this? El Chupacabra. Brady Evans Godwin Gronk. Eckler JT. Oh, and AB, which sucks. Odell now looks nice. Jacoby, fine. Elijah, smash. MVS, we know he has upside. DPJ has upside. And you got CPAT. Ooh. Wow. Would you like to sh sell any uh, equity in that lineup? DM me. Good Lord. Good Lord. Okay. Seriously. Some of these teams are loaded. That team... 
Bucks stack with the two best running backs at CPAT, Gronk. That's crazy. All right, let's hit a couple questions before we wrap up. Hit a couple questions before we back up or before we pack up here. Yeah. What can you do? Injuries, you know what I mean? It's hard to say. <clears throat> it's hard to say what Irv and Logan would have done. That's just how it goes. Uh, you're telling me. I thought Lawrence was a really good pick. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to be bad. right? That ha- it happens. You know, Zach Wilson, you know, rookies being bad, Zach Wilson being bad, is it? So whatever. It's another like Zach, Zach. I mean, Zach Wilson scored twenty something fantasy points yesterday. You can be bad and still like at least limp you by, right? Like that's the frustrating part. Is like it's one thing to be bad and score fourteen or fifteen fantasy points every week. Like that sucks. But like your team can probably still you can if you hit everything else. Like who gives a shit if you if you get fifteen points a week at quarterback, but you got Cooper Cup and JT and Debo. Like you're fine. It doesn't matter. But like Trevor Lawrence can't even score ten. He can't. Even, uh, he can't, they're not even throwing touchdowns. <laughs> like he he, he bar- like he got buried by a quarterback. Like it's crazy. It doesn't happen. That that was a takeaway that I had too. It because he was at, he was a two three he was a two three turn guy right. He was like all year like two three turn, and so no one that has J T Eckler has Justin Jefferson. So like if you get Justin Jefferson. You know, who's what wide receiver is better than Justin Jefferson besides Cooper Cup, Devontae maybe, and Tyreek is obviously up there. Diggs, but he's he's right there with everybody, especially now Thielen's hurt. Like he's he's an absolute smash, but he's not going to have a high advance rate because just of the nuance of ADP. So like he like as we've done this exercise now, I almost feel like my answer has changed to my question. I posted earlier about like who would be the guy you would want. I kind of feel like Justin Jefferson would be the guy because it's like, it's going to lead me to some sort of different structure. Maybe I have Kamara on that team, right? People drafted Dalvin, like maybe Dalvin gets back and you, you, I didn't like to take Dalvin and Justin Jefferson, but maybe you took Dalvin and Justin Jefferson and you move you to Kittle. She have this like, nobody's advancing Dalvin Kittle teams, you know? So you have Dalvin, Justin Jefferson, Kittle, you know, or maybe you took CD or something like that. Like that's fascinating to get through. Super fascinating. No, I don't know, but it was, uh, I think one of the underdog guys posted it uh, early, like in the season, like week three or something like that. It's like, it's really low. Yeah. 5% or less really low. So I'm not super worried. Obviously those teams are probably doing well, but I'm not super worried about him obviously I, I didn't draft him but um let's see yeah yeah ain't that the truth these are the ones that tilt me the most because i have some of this too i posted in discord earlier today i had a team that was up by like a million i was winning i was up a couple of weeks ago like 100 points in first up by 100 and my quarterbacks are Darnold and Lance. So I haven't gotten fantasy points for my quarterback in weeks. And I had CMC, who obviously missed time. So you have a CM, I had a CMC team that was, has Lance, like, just like, please God, let Trey Lance get in there or let Darnold get back. Then it's not even going to advance on DraftKings. It's not even going to advance now. See, it's like very similar to this. It's still in first, I think, right now, but like, it, it, the lead is is gone. And I like, it has CMC, Deandre Swift, Darren Waller. Um, like I mentioned, going to get zero points at quarterback, uh, multiple other Debo. It has cup. It has like all these smash guys that have been going nuts and making this team really good all year. And now it's not even going to advance. <laughs> yeah. They're all horrible. What a disaster. I think Trey Lance has more usable weeks than Lawrence he played two games. Like one and a half games. All right. That looks like about a good place, a good place to leave off. That was a lot of fun. Thank you guys. I'm going to try to, um, we're just going to like continue doing these. Uh, we're back in the stream. I'm excited to be back. Thank you guys so much. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for posting all of those teams. Basically now moving forward, 
like even like through the off season, we're going to be back on a regular schedule. I'm going to get a, a, a schedule up. Um, so we will be, we will be back pretty much consistently multiple times a week here, moving forward through the playoffs into the off season. We'll be starting drafting super early. So we, we are back and I promise we'll get to more of these teams for sure. Um, over the next couple of weeks, as we get into the playoffs, then we'll start sweating the playoffs together, right? It'll be a lot of fun. We'll go through, um, you know, all our teams that are advancing, all our teams that got knocked out, whatever. Um, and all that, and all that good stuff. Um, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, I'm not decided yet. Anyway, uh, one of the next couple of days, we are going to start doing uh, playoff drafts as well. We're going to start driving it, diving into playoff draft streams here this week. So I will see you guys in the next couple of days with one of those. We'll be back again later in this week for some more playoff talk. Definitely next week, all that good stuff. Catch you guys in the Discord. Catch you guys in a couple of days. Thanks for joining. But for now, I'm out of here. See ya.